You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, the host, but today it's not about me, it's about my guest, Nick Manhattan, the legendary guy who... I, I'm only propping him up because he allowed me to win the uh, podcast award on his uh, the snobbies. So just throwing a whole bunch of hot smoke up him, you know, just to thank him so much for being a guest on the show. Mick, how about you introduce yourself and tell everybody about you? Well, first off, I did not allow anybody to win. You did that yourself, <laughs> sir. Um, true, and true. You deserved it. You have a great show. Um, the judges loved it, and you got you were very highly rated by them. So that was not. I did not allow anything. You earned that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm Mick Manhattan. I am the creator of the scenesnobs.com. Uh, we are a podcast network of sorts, trying to change it up a bit from how it normally goes. Um, and just kind of create a community is really what it comes down to. But I also host, I host, uh, God, four shows now. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Well, the, the Scene Snobs podcast is like kind of grew into these four shows. So it's like four days a week um, we're out there. So it's an interview show, uh, the Scene Snobs podcast, which is a live show. We do BTV podcast, which is uh, just movie talk. And then we have a morning show starting up this Friday. That's insane. A morning show. What, you just feel like, hey, uh, an, an idea pops in your head and you've created another podcast? That's how it works? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we. But we. The thing is, like, there's a lot of there's a lot we have to say. None of it good. Uh, I, I disagree. I disagree. There is some gems. Some gems. Well, we uh, Casey and I, who's my co-host on most of these shows, uh, we started out years ago. We um, he ran uh, his own network called Off Topic Radio in 2000 from 2010 to 2000. 13 like early 2013 uh, and you know they had a whole bunch of shows there and i was on, i was a host of another podcast i didn't produce and do anything i was just a host on one and he and i were friends and he was telling me about the network i was like this is amazing i was like i didn't know this could be a thing yeah. um and then i moved next to him in virginia in 2013 and we joined he he and i and another guy started up another show called mystery elephant we did that for six years and oh yeah and it, it we did well we it was a weekly show it was a comedy show uh we just kind of talked about anything and everything that was going on in the moments current events stuff uh and yeah we, we were nationally syndicated we were on networks we were a hundred thousand downloads and then now i'm not saying this after the first year no no you Everybody built up to it of course <laughs> yeah we built up to those hundred thousand like um you know sponsorships things like that uh you know, but after years of just kind of hustling and keeping it, you know, keep going and, and doing the work and really utilizing social media, mm-hmm. which was kind of a fresh thing, especially for podcasts back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, man, um, <laughs> it's just, can you, can you imagine doing a podcast 20 years ago without social media? Must've been, I've talked with some OG, uh, uh, digital marketers on this podcast and they, the, like the stories they go, I'm like, like the, no one could do it today like because of all the things you need to touch on and do the, the skills that they you made back then when you didn't have these tools 
t you're ahead above everybody else trying to start trying to understand it so yeah no 20 years that's ago. i you know that's where i got my bones on man uh like i went to film school in 2006 uh and i always wanted to maybe be a filmmaker i was Same like here. you know I, yeah I, see where we're at man i went to full sale down by you uh it's in Orlando. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, I I was considering applying there because I used to I I not used to I used to still watch Film Riot, and okay, nice. uh, Ryan I can't pronounce I'm not sure of his last name. He runs that channel and that network, and he, he yeah. he's a full sale graduate, and so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go down to Florida, get my like get my hands dirty in the filmmaking, and just like life happened so i never really got oh, yeah. that opportunity but it's always been a dream like to produce a sh movie and i'm like podcasting is just like that isn't it <laughs> yeah and that, that see that was the thing it's uh funny enough because you know we're both producers now um you, know, you are I, I gotta give you credit on the hustle man like i i have so much respect for um you know what you do and, and doing your own show um shows really <laughs> you're all over the place but uh I, I, dude, you're killing it, man, uh, and I love it. I love seeing. I love seeing people build up. I, I, I'm a competitive person mm -hmm. by nature, but I don't like to. It's so weird. I, I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to keep them back. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I feel like I, you want to you want to compete against them, but you want them to be at the same level you are. So it's a better yeah. fight. It's a better com competition. You don't want to crush your competition. Yeah. You want to help them build and be better than them, but still see them succeed because there's enough food for everybody at the table. It's not even, you know, it's funny. It's so weird. My kid watches. All right, I'm going on. This is it's probably fine. it's part of the show. It's a podcast show. It's understandable. My kid watches a show called Blaze. It's about some. Uh, this red big bigfoot type of truck that you know can talk it's so weird um, <laughs> it's a kid show i understand we had yeah. weird shows as well so it makes no sense. Turtles. <laughs> but he he's a he does races and he and his friends are always racing and they always he either just comes out on top or he makes sure his friends all go and win too you know and I'm always like that. I'm like, you know, I want everybody to succeed. I was like, there's more than enough room for everybody. All the And I, this is where I get a little controversial what I'm saying in the sense that I want the people who are passionate about it to succeed. Yeah. The people who are just doing podcasts because they want to do podcasts. I'm like, it's not that I don't want you to succeed. It's I don't care if you succeed because I'm not saying you have to love it. I'm not saying that. But you have to have some passion for it. You either have to have the passion for the art and the industry of podcasting like we do, because we love this and we're trying to make it a better industry, help people out. Or you have to be passionate about your subject of podcasting. Like if you're yeah. doing a podcast about sports, a specific sport, got to be passionate about that. And you can't just be like, oh, I just want to try and jump the wave and get on that wave and get that money. If you're just going chasing the money, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then that's the biggest thing for me is... Um, we are, you know, we've been fortunate enough in the time. So, cause I, so I started seeing snobs in 2019, uh, as podcasting before that, uh, since 2013, it had always been written reviews. Um, and so, but I started the scene snobs.com. I was like, I want to continue podcasting. Mystery elephant had kind of fallen apart because one of the guys was getting a divorce and it was just tough to kind of maintain, which, and it broke my heart. Cause it was like six years of my life. Oh, I think we, the same thing happened with the, the Phil Better show when I had my burnout in 2020, you know, 
it's yeah. that that it just your your soul crushed kind of it's like your baby dying yeah oh 100 yeah and a lot of people and because you know and you wanted to be a filmmaker um and you're a producer you get it like when you say that's my baby dying that's your baby dying that's what it is because it's something you made you you've you know, put so much time, effort, and, and passion into, and to see it go away, mostly out of your control, it, it just destroys you. Like, that happened to me after I got out of filmmaking. I needed to move from filmmaking because I was burnt. Yeah. I was completely burnt out. Uh, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, uh, and it's just, you're always going 20 hours a day. It's, it, you're always, you always have to be going. Even if you're at a party or you're doing something, like you are. Network, network, network. Oh yeah, and it just it, so the grind was always there, and it burned me out, man. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm gonna try my hand. I moved back east coast, uh, and I was like, I'm gonna try my hand at this digital marketing because I really think that there's something to social media. Because we, were, when I just went to film school, they had you create a Facebook account, they had you create like a Twitter account, and they were like, you're gonna learn the finer points of these things. And you're, you know, a lot of people were like, well, we have MySpace, we're good, we don't need this. <laughs> What's this? I don't need this. this new Tom's taking care of me. That's how old I am. Tom is right? my best friend. You know, Tom is the only true social media guy who didn't sell out. It really is. And then, but see what happened to him. Now he's on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> With the same profile picture. But yeah, just, I went through, I went through that grind and I was like, uh, this is important. People don't realize like the way of marketing back in the day is over. Um, you know, a lot of film studios, things like that, production companies, when the internet boom happened, didn't jump on the website. And you saw a lot of them, like the smaller companies kind of flush out and they're, they're coming back more today. Like the Canons, things like that are coming back more today because of social media, because people are like, I loved your movies. And like, then there's other companies, distribution companies that are like, we want to put your movies out. Um, Orion stuff like that, but they didn't jump on the, the internet. Yeah, the they thought big, it was a fad. They thought it was a fad. Yeah. And the big studios did. The big studios were like, "We are there." You know, why not? We can afford to lose a hundred thousand on this thing if it goes boom. We we'll just put out another James Bond or something. You know, another blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Then you make a website and then have games on it and stuff like that. Like this, is, they really went about it. And then with social media. They were even a little bit behind on that one. Like, oh, it's just a fad right now. We'll do, we'll do this. Look at every presidents have been made on social media. Yep, unfortunately, you know, it's yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you, my friend. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I. But it's true, and like you can say that. So like, it's such a powerful thing, and it's basically free marketing. Oh yeah, and there are so many people. I I know quite a bit of uh, shows that I, I go and I'll, I'll look at their social media. I look at great uh, shows, social media. I look at mediocre shows, social media, or good and then mediocre, and poor shows, social media. I know I fall into the poor because I'm more concerned about getting my guests on and not looking at the socials. I have to go pump my socials, but it's just, there's so much to do as a one-man band, so. It's it's tough, man. I get it. I, I just, I, my thing is I try to watch, I try to see what everybody's doing. Uh, where they're failing, where they're succeeding, how it's kind of working out, and what is getting people's attention. So, like, you know, if you don't mind me, like, 
it's free, man. Whatever you want to do, let's go. Let's go. You drive this conversation, not me. There's questions I that I can like, ask, but this is more valuable to my audience. I want to hear some of those questions, but uh, you know, it just uh, it got me thinking. Like Facebook is where I started because that was where I was writing my written reviews yeah. for the scene styles early, early on. But I was making memes back then before I knew what they were, what yeah. memes were. We, we created um, the memes. Our generation created memes, so we know. Yeah. What I, I, I I'll send you a couple I, like it was it was uh, Ghostbusters like it was uh, when there was like call five 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 for the Ghostbusters it was like go to movies three six five on Facebook because that's what it was scene stops was before it was scene stops oh. and then uh, you know or I had uh, I had like a whole campaign of seems legit um, like I didn't create that but I stole it <laughs> and I ran with those memes. And it was just like Superman drinking from Superman three and like, but go check out movies three, six, five. And then later on, like I said, the scene snobs, but um, to grab people's attention because memes grab everybody's attention. Memes and, uh, and I tell, I try to tell a lot of the shows that are on my network and other shows. If you have a Facebook page for your show, post memes, make sure you post the memes on it. It's going to have people come by People are more inclined to share memes than they are going to share your show or anything about your show. So if you share a meme and then you take it and you share that meme to 100, 200 groups, you are going to, and it's, it's asking a question or it's funny or it's whatever, you're going to get interaction. Yeah. And I decided to take that because I was boosting posts for a while. I was like, let me see how this goes. So I boost posts and my shows and stuff like How that. Does the, just out of curiosity, because I've always been interested in the boost, because I've heard mixed reviews about for podcasters when it comes to boosting. Uh, when, when you have, let's let's short, short end it and say 800,000 podcasts on Facebook boosting their podcasts, <laughs> people don't care after a while. Yeah. But if you grab a meme that's like, What's the most like one of one of the most successful ones I had was like what's the most evil corporation in movies, and I posted on the scene snobs and then I uh, put it out. You know, I, I shared it everywhere I could. You know, not just on movie or TV groups, like because everybody loves movies, yeah. geek, all that stuff. Uh, and I shared it out there. I think it was like 150 groups I shared it to, and I went from. I think it was like 640 likes on the scene snobs to I'm at 1200 now I've made, I've almost doubled where I'm at in terms, you know, in terms of, uh, likes and followers and this is transpired to listeners. Wow. People started following me in other places and they started listening and interacting with the show because the reason I do this, I, I tie the memes into the topics. So that week, we're talking about evil corporations and movies, you know, on one of our shows. So, uh, you know, that now they can come to the show and interact and see what that's about. Cause not just on the, on the post. And one very important thing is know your audience. Mm -hmm. So I go back and it may be thousands. And I think my reach jumped up to 82,000 in the month of March when I was doing this. Damn. So I started this in the beginning of March. And to today, I've almost doubled. And it took me from 2013 to now to get 640. So there's a science to this. It works. People want to see your memes. And I have not shared a single podcast to any of those groups since. And I've gained listeners. So 
what's funny is what something I've done, <clears throat> and I've done smaller tests here and there, um, since I have a few episodes that talk, and I'm obviously going to be using this episode as an example when I share, I actually go into the podcast groups, and when they're asking about, oh, how do I grow my followers, I, I literally tell them, this is what one of my guests did, Ralph Sutton, uh, he's episode two on the show, he grew a podcast network to five million downloads. And That's also, awesome. also syndicated his own radio show before that. And so I would jump in. I'm like, this is what he's, he's done. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. If you're interested, he has more tips in the, uh, in the show. Let me know and I'll post the link. And from doing that in like three different groups, I got about 50 downloads from that. So I'm like, hmm. So now that you're saying that you did to 150 or like 105 groups doing a meme, I'm like, Maybe I'll start doing the meme stuff and see how big it goes. And that's Facebook. That's so Twitter's a different. Twitter is crazy. But if you want to be in with Twitter, and now I don't have a huge following. I think I have like twelve or thirteen hundred followers on on Twitter. But I'm I'm big in interacting with groups. So there, like I love horror movies. You know, as yeah. evident. Uh, yeah, I, I love horror movies, so I'll interact with the horror groups. I'll interact with different movie groups, stuff like that. And if you get into the conversations there, the only thing about Twitter to turn me around is like it's it's can be accessible. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll interact every once in a while. But I've made some really good friends on Twitter, all of which have trans transferred over to my uh, Patreon. And I've told them, I was like, you guys don't have to do this. Like, I have it if people want to do it. And they're like, we legitimately enjoy your show and we want to support. So I, that's where I cultivated Twitter, you know, and, and actually having relationships where I talk to people. They reach out to me. We are on Discord now. I'm on di different dis Discord servers and such, talking to people. So it's putting yourself out there. If you're going to be a host or you're going to run a network or things like that, like, your audience has to know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to know who your audience is because that's what makes them feel good. Like I have people in my audience who will reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'm having a really tough time. You know, we're friends, you know, on my, I have two different, uh, accounts. Like I have my personal account for my, you know, wife and kids so I can share pictures and stuff. And then I have one for like guests I've had on the show or friends or audience members. Um, so they'll come to me and they'll say, listen, I'm having a really crappy week. I was like, I just wanted to say your show like was, a lot of fun, you know, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm not stopping there. I'm not going to say, well, I'm sorry you had a crappy week. You know, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. What's going on, man? Yeah, you, What's uh, happening? You become, you, you're, you're a friend. Uh, let, let, yeah. Let's see how we can make your life a little bit better, you know, like cheer you up. I'm glad the show helped you, but let's see what else I can do to help you. And that's how you make a, uh, one of the loyal thousands. Like there's this common thing I've seen with influencers that, that your first thousand followers, your first thousand true fans, they're the ones who make you the most money. They're, those are your 20 out of the 80-20 principle. They're the ones yeah. who are bringing you the 80% of your profit, and, and they're only 20% of your audience. So, yeah, I know. And, and I've seen that transfer because, and, it, and just in the sponsors that we have, you know, like the sponsors see our connection with the fans. Like, uh, you know, one of our sponsors is Manscaped. Um, and talking with them, they really enjoy who we are. They watch our show. I send them clips, things like that. And they wanted to keep going with us because they gave us a month and then they were like, they wanted to keep going because they're like, you guys are a lot of fun. You guys are out there and you're talking to people. You're talking about things people are interested in. You're, you're mentioning fans on the show, mm -hmm. you know, so like 
they like that because they, they have that personal touch within their, that's their philosophy. So I think that helps. And like you said, like it's the fans that got us there. It's that isn't us. That isn't what we're doing, you know, to an extent. Yes. But the fans and our interaction and, and what they see on our social media, that's, that's what got us. That's why I'm always thankful for everybody. You know, it's if without a community, you have nothing, you're screaming into the void, if you will. And by you cultivating that, that community, it's making it a, a bigger thing. And that's an important thing when you're doing anything, if it's a business, a podcast, or you're selling a product, if you don't have a community, or you don't like invest in that community, you're never going to never going to succeed, or you're going to have a harder time succeeding. Yeah. My wife started a, a and it was very crazy, because I started like this in 2019, she started a cookie company in 2019, which does custom decorate, you know, decorating of cookies and makes them. Doesn't love cookies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and you know, she does them for all occasions. So she was like, I'll sponsor your show. You know, and if you can put like a commercial up or, you know, do or talk about us, I would say about 60% of her revenue and she's always busy. She gets about 10 or 15 orders for dozens of cookies you know, for every holiday. Christmas, like, it was insane. About it. I, I couldn't even, like, Christmas just, like, I didn't see her. Um, but she, <laughs> Your kids are wondering, where's mommy? Your guess is as good as mine, kiddo. I don't want to say check the kitchen because it's not the 1950s, but I'm pretty sure she's in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you know, she's working her butt off, but uh, she she's appreciative because we talk about it on the show. And sixty, she said 60% of her revenue is from people on the show who have seen the cookies and ordered you know, or in some way on our social media or something saw it and ordered uh so and she's shipping all over the country so she's you know it's it's a cra- it's crazy to see even from the beginning how you can help businesses oh yeah you know by you know if they come on as a sponsor and and you, you got to be close with them you got to care about what you're selling i'll never sell anything i don't believe in i have I can stand by this. I've lost plenty of jobs because I said I'm not willing to sell this. Yeah, you know, this is if garbage. It's, if it's not brand, if it's not on brand with you, then and you don't feel a connection to it, why? Why am I going to sell your stuff if the money is money? I can. I rather take a smaller paycheck for doing something I love than getting that big corner office doing something I hate. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I quit my job to do this, and I'm doing it. You know. It's in the plans. Uh, with the, the, the client that I uh, signed today, it's it's really looking forward to, to uh, that. My goal is by my 36th birthday or 35th birthday. I don't know how old I am. I'm some. I'm old. Um, yeah, 36. You're old. I'm 39. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I'm going 40 next year. <laughs> yeah, well, Enjoy your time. yeah, we're only in a second quarter. I look at life like we're living to 100 years. Like more and more people are living to 100. I'm looking like I'm in my second quarter. Hitting at 50, it'll be halftime, you know. Then maybe I'll redesign my life for another, the next quarter, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I'm 36. My goal is to be uh, self-employed by there, and everything's looking golden by now. So, yeah. I love it. I yeah. love hearing it. But, see, that's the thing. Like, we do essentially – I mean, listen, not completely the same thing, but essentially on paper people would say we do the same thing you and yeah. I. I don't want you to fail. I want to hear this because you succeeding means it's possible. Yeah. Like you, you know, blazed the trail. You, you created like Ralph created a network coming from radio. 
you had some of that stuff. You're, you're creating a network after six years of uh, being, when you had your elephant, the elephant podcast, I, sorry, I forgot yeah. the name. No, Mystery Elephant, please. Yeah, Mystery no, Elephant, yeah. you know, you, you, you saw how powerful it was and you're like, okay, I can replicate this. I've done it before, I can do it again. You, you have your friend Casey, who's like, I've ran a network. You guys came together, you created the network and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go full toward in it. And now look at you, how many shows do you have on the network? Not just you hosting, because I know you have four already. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I produce five, and I'm I'm getting ready to produce a sixth. So it's, uh, I, but I'm on four. Okay. Um, all all together, I would and all right. So now I'm getting a little confused. I'm confusing myself. <laughs> this is how this works. Yeah. I do have another show that I don't produce. I just host. We it's an affiliate of, on the network, but. Um, it's it's just it's, it's a film yeah my, uh, my good buddy brian patrick runs the skyline indie film festival he came to me he's like dude we gotta do a like a just a filmmaking podcast uh it's called pulling focus podcast i adore this podcast i love it i love all of the interviews we get on it and just being able to sit down and talk to him and talk about the filmmaking side of things because it's still a passion of yours Oh, yeah. And I mean, it always will be. There's always a piece of it there. And like he and I challenge each other to little filmmaking things. So it's, it's good. It feels like I did when I was younger running around with a camera. You know, my passion now and my, my soul goes into doing the podcasting. But I do that. That lets me hold on to, you know, it's such, your side hustle, if it will. This is your main job. Exactly. It's your side hustle. Just like my podcast production is my side hustle while I still have my other job. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully uh, it will become my main business soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that. Like I want you to succeed as much as I want to succeed because you succeeding goes, okay, here's the framework. Mick has done it. I can, okay, how can I copy what Mick has done so that I can either help my clients or do it myself? And you know, I'm building out a network of crazy amount of shows because I'm like, I'm going to do it myself because no one else wants to join me and slowly other people are willing to join, but yeah. And it's, it's just so important for me, like it's important to see, like I said, true podcasters who are in it, like, you know, when we are passionate about it, like, you know, I see guys and girls start doing a podcast where it's like, it's, you're not getting any better. And it's, and that's their fault because I'm not saying I started podcasting and I was a natural. Oh God, no. You've got to work to it. I'm always, like I said, when it comes to digital marketing, I'm always looking at other people's stuff. I'm always listening to podcasts. I barely watch TV anymore. Mm -hmm. I'll usually pop on a podcast on the TV while I'm doing my exercises or doing stuff like that. So that way I'm, I know what the great, the good, the mediocre, and the bad sound like. And I'm always rooting for the bad. The bad usually make it. I'd say 10 to 20 episodes and then they never make another episode again. That's about the, uh, that's 92% of the podcasts out there. Oh yeah. From Amplify Media, they said 98% of the 2 million podcasts out there don't go past 10 episodes. And I, I, I truly believe those numbers because you see so many in there and all it is, that's, that's the oversaturation. That's the ones that are taking away from our shows, yeah. if you will. And, and shows that we know are passionate and, and working. A very few percent are great or good. Mediocre is, a, is another, I would say, big. I'd say it's probably bad and mediocre are that, in that 92%. Yeah. Mediocre being, meaning 
they're not getting any better. They're focused on, let me get the best equipment. Let me get the best uh, background. You know, I need a green screen. I need this, that, you know, I think thing. they need all this equipment. Nothing against anybody who has it. I have good equipment. I you know, wanted to make sure I did because that's a part of building yourself up. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to focus on your show. You can't just say, I get in front of the mic and I'm good. You know how much research for these four or five shows I do that I have to figure out? Are we staying stagnant? Are we getting better? Are we entertaining? The number one rule in my code for doing this is I have to be able to entertain. If I'm not entertaining, then it's not worth doing it. I won't do it. I'm not saying I'll put somebody who's better than me in my spot if I stop entertaining. If I can still maintain and still have pride in what I'm doing, then I'll continue it. I'm not going to put somebody better than me in. <laughs> no, I don't want to steal the thunder from me. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm a podcaster. Because um, we are but if you're not getting it. We're our podcasters. Are oh, yeah. You have to have an ego, but you have to have a, what I like to call friendly ego. Yeah. You know, an ego that's like, I know my show. I know what I'm capable of. But I'm willing to change things to make it better. So, like, if I see somebody's show and I'm like, man, they're out of the gun. They're great. They really are. Um, I'm like, how can I get better? Not crush them, not take their show out, but how can I be better? Mm-hmm. And what can I, what do I have to work on to be better? So, like, I'll sit down with Casey or sit down with, you know, other hosts and just say, like, what, what can we do to elevate ourselves to the next level? You know, not in the business side. We're working on that. That's different. I'm talking about the show. You know, I don't need a green screen. I don't need this, that, or the other thing because I want you focused on me. You know, if you need all of that jazz, like I, I have my collectibles and it's nice to look at. And these are good conversation starters with a lot of filmmakers yeah. uh, and uh, guests that come on the show. But for the most part, I want them focused on me or my co-host. Casey, that guy is so talented at doing this. He can put one thing up on his wall or have a completely blank wall like you do. Yeah. You know, you have three things behind you. And you know what? people are focused on you and that's where they should well, be sometimes they focus on mickey and his friend uh but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they don't think about how smart you did what you did and i want i want to know if this was on purpose or not look where james bond is look where mickey is everybody who's watching the show and look where phil is you are perfectly right there in the middle your the eye line's gonna go right to you you know what you're doing there you go. Like, I mean, and that's what people don't focus on. I'll see people sitting, you know, you know, sitting off to the side or something, kind of poking their head in or whatever. And it's like, like over here or yeah. like over here, not near the mic where you need to be if you're a podcaster, because the, po- the mic is your tool. It's your your pen if you're a writer, you know. Um, oh, yeah. The thousand dollar mic they had to have because that's what makes you a podcaster. You know, like my mics, I think, cost me like 30 bucks. And you know what? They work. Yeah, I just I'm not saying perfect. this year, all my equipment. I was running off a Behringer mixer with, you know, it's not made for podcasting. It's made for, like, you know, live events and stuff like that. I was sure. running off that with a mic and a 10 year old computer. And I, if you're, I was able to do somewhat good. <laughs> if you're entertaining, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I focus on, like, look, this is the equipment I have. I can do, I, I can make things with worse. Because I, I know podcasters who like just use their headphones and they talk. 
but it's their, they are entertaining. The topics they're talking about are what you want to hear. You can get past the bad audio if, if you're, you know, like, okay, he's, he's good. And then hopefully they improve their audio to better. You know, they, they figure out how to edit better so that it gets the background noise at least off, you know. But it, you can well, do, it's, it's like those YouTube videos where you go uh, filmmaker with a $100 camera and then, you know, an amateur with a, like, pro gear. And the amateur always fails because the pro knows how to use their equipment properly. Exactly. You step right in and you know what to do. You can think your way. You can MacGyver your way into anything. Um, if you if you're left to your devices to think, you have to think your way out. And that's what it really comes down to. And listen, my shows. I've been doing this ten years. This is ten years. My tenth year of podcasting. I started in 2011 on a show called Mario Likes Movies, and grew from there. And I have mess ups all the time. And but you've got to own them. So, like, if I mess up, like, I messed up, I think, on the show we did last night, and that stays in. And the reason it stays in is because now we've just laughed about it, and we've made jokes about it for five minutes, and people are laughing with us. You know? <laughs> but most people will just be like, oh, I'll cut that out, or I'll do this, or do that. You know, we we get to a point, like, where people will edit their show, and they'll edit the... Uh, 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 the, the, the filler words, the space... I used to do that, and I was like, nah, too much work. It's too much work. You're killing yourself for too much work to edit that out when you can have fun with it. We've done on the show where we are like, oh, somebody said that we're doing too, and we got a comment like, oh, there's too many these or this or that's or likes or whatever. So we had a secret word of the episode where we tried to say that word as much as possible. <laughs> you know, we, we had somebody... Um, mock us for having manscapes which is a you know it's it's a, it's a downstairs tool. grooming tool um so we did a secret word of the day of the episode where we just tried to say who could say balls as much as possible <laughs> and work it organically into the conversation and i'll tell you what everybody was we still had people listening to that show and messaging us and just being like i think uh, i don't think that one should count or you know you could have gotten more. You could have said this. And so we have interaction from it. But people who are mocking us for having that, it's like, did your show get that type of interaction? True. You know, and it's, again, it's not a competition. I'm not hoping they don't get that interaction. I'm just saying, you got to broaden your horizon. You got to open up a little bit and you got to be willing to, you have, to be have fun with yourself. Yeah, like it, podcasting is fun. Like you guys concentrate on the movies and that, and like that's entertainment right there. Like, my other show, Phil, the Phil Better Show, does movie reviews as well. But you have to have fun with it because if you don't have fun with it, it's going to be boring and no one's going to be entertained. Like podcasting yep. is an entertainment art. Well, that's the best part too. It's like we're not just movies anymore mm -hmm. because these shows, stupid shows keep growing and I keep having to host everything all week. Like, so our Mystery Elephant show was always started off with how's your week been? And that's just, and I, we would get two, was, we had two or three hour episodes sometimes. That's way too much. Yeah. But everybody listened to the shows because we were never dull. We just kept making fun of, we kept like, because we knew each other. And that's important. If you're working with people and you have co-hosts, you have to know each other. So we knew if there's a lull and I was, I'm, I'm the moderator on my shows. Casey is the uh, second mic. Casey is the best moderator I've ever seen in podcasting hands down that's why i put him up for podcaster of the year people don't understand 
he can he can do second mic. He can do the um, the silly roles, things like that. But he, I've never seen another. And I'm talking about ESPN, anything. I've never seen a better moderator than Casey. He just nails it on all cylinders. He's just I don't know what it is. When we did our show and he was doing off topic radio and stuff, he knew how to keep everything moving. He knew how to keep going. He can do this. He can do that. He knew how to set me off so we can get 20 minutes of extra Content. conversation. Though. He, he knew the other guy that we were on the show with. All right. If I bring this up, he will rant for 15 minutes. And we knew it, but he also knew ranting by him at this point was huge for our followers. They loved this guy's rants because he would just go completely off the wall. So he knew how to set us up when he brought guests in. He knew everything about those guests. He knew how to set them off. They needed to be set off to get a really good cross conversation going. He just, and to see that and then to see him say, listen, I want to do scene snobs with you. I want this role now. I want to do this. Okay. But I know if I can go, if I go on vacation or I, I have a surgery coming up and I have to take a few weeks off, I can walk away and he's got it. Like I, I know he'll take care of business. And you know the reason I have so much praise for him is because I learned so much from him doing this. You know he he just he knew what was what and he'll never tell you. He could be here right now telling you I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm just like you're an idiot. Like <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, see you. You, we know, you know, but it's, it's like second nature because he's ingrained yeah. it into himself. He became a good communicator. Yeah. I mean, I had to learn this. I had to learn what I'm doing. I have no talent for it. I had to learn the skill to do this. He is one of those guys. that's just like, it's like a Michael Jordan, like, or a, you know, well, uh, like, like I said, he, he was a already created his podcast network before he had the radio, so he had to learn it as well. But because he's learned it and ingrained it so much, it's just uh, become so e uh, so easy for him. And now it's like I don't know what I'm doing. I, it's what I've always done. And I'm gonna make him watch this because he's gonna he's gonna kill me for saying that. He's gonna like, you're an idiot. It's not true. And I'm just like whatever. Uh, you know what? He's always welcomed onto the show to defend himself to tell the the actual truth if he wants <laughs> he would man he's so good he, he just he knew he knows his stuff and i'm so grateful because he started on the scene snobs when or he was on the first two episodes of the scene snobs podcast we had a falling out he left for almost a year i was by myself doing the scene snobs podcast i had never done a podcast by myself before i had never for seven months I had done it by myself. I had to learn how to do it. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm tired of doing it by myself. I'm going to have guest co-hosts every week. And that was my way of like, I'm going to find another co-host. Testing them out. So, Testing them out. Best way. I did it all last summer. I did it, uh, you know, just did it every week. A different co-host would come in and I'd see how they were doing. And if they were good, you know, I'd bring them back. and be like the Joan Rivers to the Tonight Show. Like, all right, come back. Come back. We want you back. And then, Casey and I kind of patched things up. I mean, he's always been my best friend for years. So, you know, again, going back like 10 or 11 years. So he, when we patched things up, I was like, I cannot, you are the one. You need to come back and do this. I was, you know, I felt abandoned for that time. I felt upset, but I understand where he was at. And I was like, I ate any pride I had on that. And I was just like, I need you, man. I was like, this show is doing well without you. It, with you, it's going to propel. And also, I want my best friend back on the mic. 
and we talked about things. We had a great conversation. He joined back in as a guest host for a few weeks. And I was like, see, man, it just works. Our, everything went up as soon, everything went up as soon as he joined back up. And I, you know, he's been on, on it with the scene snobs. The whole point of this was to have him. So to have him back and we're doing it each week has just been truly a blessing. Everything, every part of what I'm doing has been a blessing. Working with these great shows, um, you know, on, a, on a, you know, you asked me how many shows we have. I mean, we've got, it's got to be close to 30 shows now on a network. And, it, you know, just every night is broadcasting. Um, and the, I even the network, and I completely forgot. Yes, you are. With the Real Boys, the other podcast that I yeah. co-host and help produce. Such a great show, man. Oh, Such a great show. Yeah, so, yeah, no, you, you have amazing shows on your network. You know, <laughs> the real boys is so much fun because we, we ran into a scheduling conflict at one point. And I was like, I still want it. You got to we got to figure this out. Exactly. What's how are we going to do this? Um, so I was so excited for it. And to tell you, man, so many great people and like there's not a person or people, you know, or group uh, or show or whatever uh, on this network that I don't think should not be podcasting. Everybody should be, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm got lucky. I don't know what it is, or, or where I didn't run into, or I have a good taste for bull, you know, good smell for bullshit. Uh, excuse me if I'm not allowed to curse, uh, it's but fine. as long as it's not the uh, the hard c word, we're good. Can't uh, just that's, a, that's our rule too. That is one of our rules too. We cannot do that. That's <laughs> that's the only rule. I have no problem with the other words. The c word is just. It's something. It, there, it's it's like moist for some people. It's just it doesn't go. So that's why I will. I only lift that ban if we get somebody from the UK who just has to say it because they use the UK and the Aussies are the only two people I kind of forget and the Irish, uh, but the Irish just swear anyways. There's no controlling yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I love the Aussies too. We've had so many wonderful Australian filmmakers. We've even had one of your clients on. Yeah, Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd was on. Um, and he, they're just so fun, man. And I, I don't mind. Like that, we always will work it out because they're like seventeen hours away. Um, that time difference, we'll always work it out to get anybody who wants to be on the show from there. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually interviewed two other Aussies. Uh, one who became financially free at twenty three. Like, what the hell? And he's only like. I think 25, 26 now. So it's like he's still financially free and living a great life. And then I had, uh, I just finished an interview that's probably going to close out the season with another great uh, uh, guy who has his own podcast as well. I was a guest on his, and he's a great Aussie guy teaching other people how to build a network just so that you can make money. So it's uh, definitely going to be sending them your way because. Oh, I love Aussies, so uh, I would love to, man. I, and I love learning. Like uh, when you started uh, Lloyd's um, Money Grows on Trees, uh, when you started that, I was like, "Great, I want financial advice." Like you know, it's a great show too. You know, you guys are putting together some, and invest in yourself. Like these are successfully chaotic. I got a shout out to our friend uh, Maria. Maria, uh, she's. Uh, I'm trying to get her booked on this show because I want to spread her message because she's a crazy serial entrepreneur. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I if you asked me if I'm an entrepreneur, I, I would no, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm just doing my best, you know, whatever. But I watch so many people and and just how successful they are, um, and what they're doing. My only advice to young entrepreneurs who are success, who are seeing success at a young age, 
I would say, uh, and this is just from filmmaking days because I, I got into producing and I did pretty well. You know, I'm not trying to have an ego or anything on that issue. You're allowed to, this is the one time I'm going to allow you to have an ego because you're promoting yourself, so it's good. Go ahead and ego out. Uh, I, you know, I made some good money, and, and when it came down to it, uh, I lost that money, whereas I should have invested and I should have thought about my future. And that's the only thing I tell young entrepreneurs. It's fun now. I'm not saying that you're going to burn through your money or anything, but you have to think about things that are going to happen that are out of your control. The number one being your body's going to start breaking down. I'm 39 now. If I was 29, I was a much different human being and I could do many different things. I cannot do now. I have more doctor's visits these days. I have more you have to remember these things. Your body's going to break down. Your life's going to be different. You're going to have kids. You're gonna... So all that freedom at 26 when you don't have a wife and kids, when you're 36 and you have a wife and kids, you know, that money is going to get shorter. You know? so gotta, There's more people yeah. that needs that money, not just you anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's the only thing I would tell anybody is, you know, think about, you know, yes, you can invest in the future. You can do this, you can do that, but think about how your life may change and what courses it can take. That's a great message. And we're coming up here to the end. So Mick, before we go, um, one thing I'm doing now, I'm asking all my entrepreneurs who come on the show, because you are an entrepreneur, you run a business, you make money online, you're an entrepreneur. Um, what is one book you would you, you suggest to my audience to read if they're going into the entrepreneur world or even going into the podcasting world, something that you, you resonate with, or maybe even a film since it could be a film as well? Um, films that inspire me not for filmmaking standpoint, but like really get me revved up this past year, Hamilton. Oh yeah. Hamilton. Like I think about that and I think about the life that, and the tale they tell. And I'm just like, man, you just got to keep working. You got to keep putting yourself out there. Um, that was one the music and stuff. Uh, but if I, I think about a book that really like would help, like I think if people read it, maybe not for financial advice or anything oh, like it that. It doesn't have to be that. Um, there's a good one right now, and he's one of the hosts of the show that uh, I read, and it really inspired me. Uh, it's it's um, why am I I'm, I'm missing? Let me find the name of the book real quick. Uh, sorry. Oh, gosh. Um, the joys of podcasting. These things happen. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, his name is Paul Banky. He's a he was a world champion boxer. Uh, he is one of the hosts of one of our shows, uh, the Guapo Show. Um. And he had a, it's called Stay Positive. And getting to know Paul, I've been reading this last year. Um, yeah, I would say everybody should check out this book because he tells his story in it. He was a world champion boxer. He was a hero to his, you know, the Mexican community uh, in California. You know, he did things as a boxer that, you know, everybody was counting him out on it. And then he lost it all everything to the point where he was living on the streets in Las Vegas, eating out of dumpsters. Uh, he wound up becoming uh, AIDS positive. And he's the man's still alive today. He's brought his way back. He runs his own business called box fam. Uh, you know, he wrote the book with uh, Paul Zanin, who's a, an accomplished um, writer out of the UK. Uh, he, this book, which is, and it's called stay positive. 
you know, and it's a play on him being positive for, you know, for AIDS and how he's had to deal with it. And he just talking to the guy to see where he came from, having been an addict, having been an alcoholic, uh, having been a world champion and then having nothing. It's inspiring. Those are the types of things. Those are things I read that really inspire me. And then they make me realize I can keep going. I can keep doing what I got to do and I can make this a success. That's the reason I asked my, all my guests about these books, because if it's inspired you, you're one part of the 7 billion people in the world, it's going to at least hit another billion people will be interested in this. And I'm definitely going to pick it up. I love, secretly, I'm a voracious book eater. I love right. reading books. I have books, like four books, sometimes on a go at a time. And so the, these are just adding to my list of books so that I can have them and read them and learn from them, because these books always teach you something depending on when you read them in your life. So uh, thank you for that. So Mick, yeah. I'm going to give you the last five minutes to pr promote the shit out of your stuff because you have a shit ton of stuff to promote. So please go ahead and uh, tell them about the snobbies because uh, we've got to get your, your snobbies. More More people need to know about the snobbies. Not just because I won for best business podcast out of some amazing competition. Deserved. Deserved. Uh, thank you. Uh, I still think I'm like, I think we robbed them, but I'm going to take the robbery and we'll <laughs> run with it because thank you very much. But Mick, here you go. Let my audience know where they can find you and the scene snobs. Uh, yeah, well, uh, what's up, everybody? Hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, interview. Uh, I am Mick Manhattan. Uh, like I said, I run, the, I'm the creator of the scene snobs.com. If you head over there, like we have all our show links and everything for the shows that we produce and the affiliate shows that work with us. Uh, we broadcast every every night of the week. We have a different broadcast of shows uh, you can check out on the Scene Snobs social media. So we are on Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube channel. Please go subscribe if you enjoy it. Our Facebook pages, things like that. So, um, yeah, we broadcast everywhere so everybody has some entertainment throughout the week. Uh, we have at least three or four shows a night. Um, I host four, uh, four shows right now, produce uh, five going on six. Uh, so Scene Snobs Podcast is live every Tuesday. Um, you can check us out. Uh, that I was talking about with Casey. It's called BTB with the Scene Snobs, which is behind the box. It's all movie talk. We talk like we're, you know, topics, things like that, like we're in the old video store just kind of hanging out. Uh, I also do Scene Snobs interviews where we bring on filmmakers and, and celebrities and things like that and, and have discussions with them. And uh, we are starting this Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern to 9 uh, a.m. Eastern. Uh, the Scene Snobs Morning Show. So it's going to be Casey and I, and it's going to be less about, you know, what's going on in the movie world or the geek world and more about, like, you know, general conversation about news and things like that uh, between us. So please check those out. You can listen to them or watch them anytime after if you go to our YouTube channel or any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. Uh, I think, you know, thanks to Phil. He's truly fantastic. We do have the Snobby Awards. He, he deserves one. If you have a podcast, we will be doing it again next year. You can submit. Uh, the form will probably come out in February or beginning of March. So uh, get ready for that. And then, uh, yeah, but I, I just I loved being on the show today. I want to thank Phil for having me. And, uh, yeah, please check us out. Just go to thescenesynops.com. Every, everything's there. Mick, it was my pleasure having you on the show. I, I, I love talking with other podcasters because normally I'm talking with uh, business execs or influencers and they don't really know podcasting. So having a chance to discuss with another podcaster and 
delve right into the meat and gritty of all this and see how you grew in that. It's it's always a pleasure. And a fellow film film fanatic, because I, I got my uh, got my Kevin Smith right here, staring yes. at me all the time when I'm interviewing. So I ch try and channel him and the fun that he brings into uh, his movies. Next time we get together, and, I, and we got to have you on our BTV show. You'd love it because it's just like talking like at a video store, talking about movies yeah. and time. Tell me when I have to show up. I'm on it. I can't wait. Um, you hit me up on any Wednesday night at 8, and you, you can be on because it's that's what it is. It's just whoever wants to come on and talk movies. We're talking martial arts movies tonight. So I have a per uh, If I knew that in advance, I would give you my buddy, he, my co-host, DJ Overflow. He loves loves kung fu movies so and martial That's arts cool. films so next time uh, you're you're doing it let me know in advance i'll send them your way and uh, yeah we have, we have great guests on there all the time who and the rule is when they come on it's we're not talking about you we're not promoting you we're talking about some cool stuff so like we've had horror directors come on we had sarah dumont come on she was from uh uh, was it uh, uh, Scout's Guide to, uh, to Zombie Apocalypse? Yeah. She was the star of that movie. So, like, she came on and, like, she talked about, you know, being a screen queen, things like that, and, like, other things in the industry and movies. So, it was just, it's always a good time. That's what we love. But, uh, yeah, we want to invite you on and remind me to tell you my Kevin Smith story when, when you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait to go. Uh, Nick, <laughs> thank you so much for that teaser for, like, getting people to come listen to the BT be podcast because uh, I'm definitely going to be asking you about Kevin Smith. He is uh, somewhat of a hero of mine and uh, can't wait to meet him one day. Uh, Nick, and thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, make thank sure you, you go check out the Scene Snobs Network. It's an amazing network full of a great podcast. Not just you know, the host with the most, Phil Better being on one of them, but there's uh, so many great shows on it. I love watching the Scene Snobs show just just Tune in while I'm doing my work. You guys are talking in the back and I watch. But uh, I want to thank you all. Remember to invest in yourself and invest some time in listening to the scene snobs. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you got so much value from it. I do have a small favor to ask of you. If you could all just go over to our Instagram page. That's at investinyourselfpod. Just go over there like the most recent episode or the episode that you listened to maybe leave a comment of what you took away from the episode make sure you follow us for all the latest episodes coming up i thank you so much for just listening to the podcast you guys make it 